The Runner's Diary podcast with Brian and Damien. Welcome to The Runner's Diary, episode 65. I'm Damien. And I'm Brian. On this week's show, we'll have all the latest news, all of last week's results, upcoming fixtures. And this week, we have our big interview with the inspirational team car and Ger Sherwood of the Precision Fueling. That's all to come on this week's episode of The Runner's Diary podcast. This episode 65 is sponsored by Pillar Performance. Brian, you've done your week's homework, have you, of collecting oh. all your data before you go into your Pillar Performance um, week start off this time? This time, I absolutely have. I've screenshotted nearly the whole month's sleep patterns. Um, I've been studying up on YouTube. I've been typing Pillar Performance at YouTube, finding out a few bits and pieces. So I'm ready for the, the challenge ahead. Yeah, so look for people who are new to the show. We obviously we have a lovely sponsorship with Pillar Performance at the moment. And for those who don't know, Pillar Performance is micronutrition, all right? So micronutrition was to myself and Brian is means we don't really know what it means, but I will tell you the facts of this, all right? Triple magnesium, lads, is a godsend, all right? I've been on it, Brian's starting on it, and you know, we've had a massive reaction to it in the shop in the edge sports. And we're giving it anybody who listens to the Runners Every podcast as well 15% off their purchase in DH Sports. Just call into the shop and mention the Runners Every podcast, and you'll get 15% off any of the Pillar Performance products. We will have an online code as well shortly for that. So keep an eye out for that where you'll be able to get it online as well through the Edge Sports. So I think the best way to describe it, Brian, and I said this last week and I say it again, all right. Pillar performance will get you to the start line in your best condition, all right? And I mean this for the people who are doing Dublin, you know, you could start using it now, but for any other Martin after that, start using it. Brian, I'd be expecting big things for you in Dublin now after this, all right? So, you, you know, we'll have it. But look, look, thanks again to Pillar Performance for the support, and um, we look forward to seeing them. And I know Brian will be up in the expo to give them a big shout up on the day as well. So make sure you pop in and say hello to them in the expo. Brian, how was your week? Yeah, very positive week again. Just again, I had a couple of big runs this week, two good sessions. Wednesday night there with a, Jesus, I swear doing it. I had a two hour session on a Wednesday night, you know, start to that maybe just after seven and still going at nine. Oh, I went in the village here. So it was a bit mad, but really buzzing after it. Kind of my first time running free, I'd say in, I would say nearly months, never mind weeks. So big shout out there to our good friend Ken Nason, who worked his magic on me. A couple of weeks ago, it took actually two weeks, I'd say, to take it take effect. But running free and backed up this morning again by a good 15 miler with a lot at Martin Pace yeah. and again running free. So I'm just hoping uh, if you asked me a couple of weeks ago, I would say not a chance. I'm just hoping that all going well on the day, I still have a chance. So, yeah, well, look, I, I, I rang you today and I said, I just got a message from the runner spy to say that they spotted you on the road and that you are Dublin Martin ready is the words to you so again you know this is it's looking good all right it's, it is looking good we, we won't get carried away we won't get carried away it's all no. on the day as many people know I've been there before in feeling I was in good shape so it's all on the day exactly yeah so no myself I, I actually ran I heard believe so. it or not. I believe it or not. Um, so I went for eight miles on um, Saturday morning with uh, Gary Watch and Mark Smith and met Karen Bevan and Rory Egan as well and Finn Burley-Han. So it was a nice little um, saunter, although it felt like a tempo at times, even though it actually wasn't, but it just felt like it. 
And then another big day today. Monster quarterfinals, you know, with Glamour Ladies taking the win. And then Sarah's backing it up for the county championship in the turning as well. You're turning this podcast into a EGA podcast. I told you that a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Stick to the running. Big day, big day for uh, for the Glamour area. So, yeah, semi final coming up in two weeks against Tipperary and Crown Tipperary. So, fingers crossed, we yeah, will go well. There is no. a lot of there was a lot of rumors this week actually about you coming back running. All right, I did hear a few whispers from other sources as well actually. So, you're being watched. It's coming back. It's coming back. I promise you that. Right, Brian. Silver Springs. Yeah. Next Sunday. Yeah, a big event next Sunday. Again, just I suppose to people to know here who may not be familiar, we've held a couple of events over the past year. Um and we've been very well supported by the Clayton Silver Springs Hotel as a venue and you know, giving free teas and coffees and some uh, refreshments as well afterwards there. So they've asked us to support them this time the other way around. So they're one of their foundations that they support hugely is the Marie Keating Foundation, obviously very much linked with cancer um, and cancer research. Um, so they've asked us would we kind of come on board and support them. So it's not, there's no big speeches at this thing. There's nothing kind of it's just to kind of get together a meet and greet uh, chance for people to catch up, have a cup of together. I'm being promised that there's going to be great refreshments there this time out. Uh, plenty of pastries, uh, maybe some marshmallows, Damien, for you as well. That's great. I know you like the marshmallows. And also, genuinely, though, there is some very good spot prices being put up by the hotel themselves, afternoon tea and etc. So if you're in the area, if you're finishing up maybe your long runs ahead of one week to go to Dublin, if you're just looking to walk, if you want to bring along the kids, there's no specific um, abilities needed other than just to turn up and support the event. Uh, we also put out a link through our social media pages and we'll put that out again for those that can't. We know there's some other races on as well everywhere and maybe for people further away across the country. If you just like to support our show in a chance to support someone who supports us, then again, get onto that link. Um, it's for a good cause, Marie Foundation. We've done two fo- fundraisers over the past year and they've been fantastically supported. You know, and, and money, I suppose, is hard to come by for charities these days. So. We would really encourage people, no matter how small it is, if you can make it on a day, brilliant. We'd love to see you there. If you can't, you might generously give something small to the link that we put out for the Marie Keating Foundation. And Brian, what time is that kicking off at? So I suppose we'll try and aim to be back in the hotel for maybe 10 a.m. I think it's probably a good time, at least if people want to get out and get a bit of a run in beforehand, 8 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever they want to do. Um, but roughly about there, I suppose, we put it out there again. Yeah, we yeah. we'll confirm that during the week. Yeah, uh, exactly. Later on. Um, so on Thursday the second, there's another small run, and this is tied in with our good friends at Wellbeing Coffee in Glamire. So, on the first Thursday of every month, I myself will be down, um, outside Wellbeing, and we will lead a run. This is open to everybody. This is like that, Brian. It is more of a social aspect for people to get out have a run, have a chat, come back, have a coffee, have some nice food and stuff like that. And there is also a Couch to 5K on the same time as well, which Damien Long, strength and conditioning coach in Glenmire, is going to be leading. So, you know, come on down, pop down. It's open to everybody. Have a bit of a laugh. We'll have a bit of fun, you know, just pop way down. So that's Wellbeing Coffee in Glenmire, um, popped on the 2nd of uh, November. 
Sounds good. Okay, so as some people may have seen, uh, we shared our runner's diary singlet this week, um, and it was one that was kind of chosen by the public in many ways. I suppose we put a few designs out there a couple of months ago, and it's now out there, and it's got great reactions. So again, if you're interested, orders are going in for the singlets this week, um, so you have until Tuesday morning. Again, there's a link that we put out there, or if you want more information, contact us. Um, again, nothing. we're not pushing anything on anybody. It's just that people did express an interest to us uh, about this as well. So looks a snazzy top. I like it anyway. Um, so I'll be looking forward to wearing that at a few races, maybe. Yeah, I would say, look, I, just a quick one for that, Brian, as well, is look, people, these are custom design tops. So there's a minimum of 10 per order. So we're putting this order in. So there might not be another order for another, you know, month or so. So like if you really, if you're interested in getting one, get your orders in fast because we will have to wait then to build up another more tops after that again. So this one will guarantee you to have it first in the country. So get your orders in. Okay, so competition time. So as we announced on last week's uh, show, we had a competition for Bear AC and the Bear 5 Mile. Uh, it was a bit of a rush one because obviously the, the race was on yesterday. We're recording on a Sunday. The race was on Saturday. So we launched a competition and we announced the winners earlier on the week already. But just to reiterate, uh, that one was won by Princess O'Keefe, a great supporter of the show. And evidence was produced that he did go there <laughs> and he did uh, give a shout out to us as well. So well done to Princess and well done to everybody involved with the beer. So we'll come on to a bit more in a minute there in the results section. But a uh, great part of the country, as we keep saying, and uh, great to see that race supported as well. Yeah, exactly. And then we move on to another competition in the same area which is the Irish five mile race which is on the 11th of November at 2.30 so again this is just a, a lovely 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 part of the world they also have don't forget that a uh, chance for you to sign up and win a night stay at the Kappa House um, in Irish on the night of the race um, so on the 11th of November so all you need to do is sign up um, before the 3rd of November and you're entered into the job for that there is more spot prizes than I've ever seen in my life in these places. So, you know, get down to this race. And I mean, it is just incredible. So we are giving away spot prizes. So we have two entries to give away to the Irish five miler, which is happening on the November the 11th. So all you need to do is like our page and tag your running buddy on a post we will put up um, in the coming days. So keep an eye out for that. I might even enter that one myself. I'm yeah. hoping to get. I'm hoping to get there. <laughs> yeah, Great I'm hoping spot. to get to that one because, in fairness, the guys down there do an absolutely trojan work, as we keep calling out. But this one, more than any, as you said, does. Yeah. It's, I don't know how many prizes they have, but it's just ridiculous. Um, and again, well done to all the clubs. Much appreciated for those clubs that are contacting us with uh, competitions. Again, we're just trying to support clubs, support races, and a chance for people, you know, to win entries as well is is much appreciated. So two other competitions coming up in the not too distant future as well, just to give you a bit of notice is the Thomas Kent 10k on November the 12th and the Watergrass Hill uh, four miler on November 26th, two excellent races as well. And if there's other clubs anywhere in the country who want to join in there and get your races mentioned and, you know, give, give away entries, then we'd be just delighted to, to support nothing in it for us just to promote your races. All we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, two races there that uh, I've pulled him in. So the fun oh, memories, two fun memories, here, here we go again. fun memories of them races. I'm telling you, <laughs> you, never, you never talk about the races you did bad in. No, there's plenty, there's too many of them, you see. Um, right, so bit of um standard news we say. So it was great to see 
Radish Adelecki getting um, into the final three of the European Athletics Young Women or Women's Rising Star Awards. Um, I just think this is so well deserved. Mm-hmm. She's had an incredible year, um, so consistent. She's just a star. She is honestly just a star. Mm-hmm. Super athlete, and again, an exciting year ahead. Hopefully for her as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So keep watching the space, Rashid. I don't know where the, the as it's called, rising star. I'm not too sure where her rising star is eventually going to f- come to, but uh, it's exciting watching that journey. Yeah, well, Olympics next year will be, you know, mm-hmm. a, a a big, big, big um, chance for her to show actually how good she is. I think. Yeah. Um. Also, as many people know. I mean, we're, we've been talking about marathons a lot for the last couple of weeks in the build-up to Dublin, but there's been there's a lot of other marathons obviously going on uh, this time of year as well. Big big month for marathons all around, um, and a lot of shout-outs actually came into us in the past few days, and in particular today. So, just to call out a few, uh, well done to Grange for my Boyne Trailblazers and the Wibbly's AC, who all headed to Pama. I believe there's a series of a couple of different distances there: marathon, half marathon, nine k. And a lot of fun was had, even though I don't think it was sunny Spain. I think from no. what I'm hearing, it was very rainy Spain. Yeah. But uh, look, I'm sure that it didn't stop them anyway. They enjoyed themselves. And again, as we may know, I mean, I was looking at Facebook today and, and Instagram and the pages were just filling up with results from Amsterdam from many Irish clubs and athletes sharing their posts. So again, obviously, we can't shout out for everybody. And well done to everybody who did run out there. But we did get a few people. Uh, contact us again just to mention a few people's names so there was a good few who went from Toke Race in uh, Cork as well and St Finbar's AC so well done to them and in particular we got to give a shout out to Billy Murphy who had an outstanding run uh, in Amsterdam today as well so again to all Irish athletes who ran in Amsterdam and anywhere I suppose there's so many marathons going on now uh, well done and if you're out there and you want us to give a specific shout out to someone any week at all then definitely drop us a line. We'd be more than happy. Some people love getting their names mentioned, yeah. like da- like Damien, like me, and um, like me. we're only ha- too happy to call them out. Yeah, but to the to, to the race itself, to the race itself, and in the men's race, it was a very close battle. Now, lads, and you're going to call it. People know they're not great with names, so this is I'm going to butcher some of these. So I do apologise ahead of place. So if any of these uh, athletes are listening which I've no doubt they are I do apologise um, so uh, Joshua Bellet uh, took the win in 2 hours 4 minutes and 17 seconds and closely followed by uh, Chavin Cabet in 2.04.32 and extremely close finish in 2.04.35 for third place was Betwell Chumba so like really close I love these races when they get to this close in the marathon like yeah. like there's nothing in that that is literally down to the last few meters and just you know uh joshua just pulling off and just you know having a, a better kick to the finish but some brilliant race and it's a great race Um, i watched it i didn't watch it today because i was on waterford all day but last year i remember watching it and it's a it's a great course to watch um you know you're going along the canals and it's a whole lot of it and it's really really nice in fairness to it you haven't you haven't done Amsterdam, no? Never done it, no. No, I haven't either, but I do know a good few who have, and I only bumped into someone last week as well, and they were like saying it's definitely one to do as in terms of course and support mm. and stuff there, you know? Yeah. Just so close to Dublin, it's a bit unfortunate, but look, someday, someday. Someday, exactly, in a way, trip. We, we keep yeah. on saying it. In the ladies, mm-hmm. which was another game, kind of a close battle, so Marzette uh, Billet in 2018-18 took the win, 
Um, Mazaret Abajuyu in 2946 was in second, and Doris took it. Tarek in 220 or wide. That was pretty, pretty impressive. Uh, was in third place again. So another close battles there. The three, the three ladies as well. Um, but again, look, I do think it is a definitely a race that, you know, it needs to go on the radar for people in the margins. And, you know, we'd all love double margin, which we do. But, you know, sometimes it's lovely to go away. And especially with the clubs, you know, like like some Grange and Moy and Boeing and Wibbley's all away as a club. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I have just one more shout out and we're going to come to this result later on, but I just want to give a massive congratulations to Breda Gaffney, who won the um, F55 category at the Autumn Open XC race in in Bengal today. And that actually qualifies her for the Irish Masters Ladies team, um, which is for the British and Irish Masters cross country in Scotland, which is in next year. So like a massive achievement. And Breda is just, you know, phenomenal athlete like she is just yeah, incredible and a, and a phenomenal person as well i've been lucky enough to run with breed a few times and she does a bit of pacing as well and again cross country road but just um a really nice person as well for always encouraging and great supporter um of many races so delighted to hear that for Breda. yeah exactly okay so again for anyone tuning in we do have two interviews coming up later on so stay with us for a while we have obviously team Kerr and we have some uh, race day and race week i suppose nutrition in heading into the big week now uh, coming up but uh, with that now we'll move to our results section okay so again our results section this week is sponsored by wellbeing coffee of glenmire and neptune stadium and again if you have the opportunity please support our sponsors where possible so we'll move on to a race that took place during the week, uh, a very hotly uh, race with our defence forces there. I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, last Wednesday, there was 347 finishers in total at the Cossator 10K and 5K. And a good, good friend of the show, a previous guest, Josh O'Sullivan Horan, in an absolutely incredible time there of 30 minutes and 27 seconds, winning the 10K, followed by Kenneth Rogers in a time of 31.44 and Nate O'Leary in 32.02. So again, well done to the, the men there at that one. And in the women's event, Elizabeth Carr was first in a time of 36.14, Leanne Butler in a time of 41.43 and Jackie Wiggs in a time of 41.48. So I'm sure plenty bragging rights <clears throat> there for some members of the Defence Forces. Yeah, and some great times there by Josh and Elizabeth. You know, they're they're commanding wins in fairness to the two of them. Like, and you know, you just it's some spectacular times. Yes, I tell you, know, in fairness to them. Yeah, and funny on my run this morning, Josh's name came up, and uh, one of my colleagues there, Shane, that I was running with, like we were just saying, like if you follow Josh on Instagram, you'd wonder does he ever stop running? It's just phenomenal. Great videos going up, and you know, we said it before again, but. You know, when we used to call out to Strava leaderboard, Josh was 100 miles every week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's well done. Well done to everyone who took part in that. Then we moved to um, Bear Island, five-mile road race, which had 57 finishers in it. Um, so the win was taken by Donald Coakley of Bear AC in 27.45. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Leeville AC. Sorry, I just got confused because he was wearing a Bear AC t-shirt that he had to, um, apparently had to... Um, get a loan of i see there was a bit of debate of whether red suited him or or, or yellow suited him so 
Does, uh, we'll have to put up a poll, maybe. Yeah, the transfers coming through. In second was Tommy Tommy Archer from Kenmare AC in twenty eight fifty seven, and Patrick McCarthy uh, in a time of thirty one forty seven took third place overall. In the ladies is Jade Van Devetter in thirty five forty one took the win. Siobhan Holland from Eagle AC in thirty six thirteen was second, and Michaela Murphy from Barra AC in 36.53, who Michaela was a name we used to mention out every week when we used to do the park runs. So it is brilliant to be able to call her name out in a podium position out in a race. So congratulations, Michaela, and we're delighted to see that. Yeah, and I saw a lot of the photos coming through there. It's such a unique event, you know, when you see people going across on the ferry to the island, you know, all gathering up. It's just spectacular, really, something different. You know, and sometimes only races and... This, these type of events bring you to these parts of the world. So well done again to the host club there, BRSE, doing Trojan work in that area of the country to keep athletics afloat. Now, the Defence Forces were back at it again this morning. Um, as you know, we had a competition there recently for this one. Uh, in Tremor Valley Park was the venue for their 5K. Heard some very good reports from this race, and there was 209 finishers in total. Uh, so first up there was Aidan Noon in a time of 16.03 followed very closely behind by John Mead in 16.08, and third, Michael Furlong in a time of 16.37. In the ladies' event, continuing her good form at these races, Lizzie Lee was first in a time of 17.05, Siobhan Hoare was second in a time of 18.33, and third was Linda O'Connor there in a time of 19.07. So again, well done to everybody involved in hosting that race, and uh, a good event all around, I'm hearing. Yeah, exactly. And then we moved to the Solace Run Walk for Life, um, which had an impressive 549 finishers in it. Um, the, me- the first male home was Craig O'Brien in 35.06, with Ray Lerat in 35.49 in um, second, and Damien Burke in 36.15 in third place overall. In the ladies, Mary Mo- Malloy, in 44.17, took the win with Lindsay Keaton in 45.53 in second, and Cathy Kirby in 47.03, taking the third place. Okay, and uh, now we're going to be joined by Lindy Norton for catch up on a number of events and races, including uh, the Autumn Open International Cross Country that took place today as well, a very big event with some very big names. So we'll hear from Lindy now on that and a bit more too. Right, here we go. We're having technical issues here, boys and girls. Uh, the so-called National Cross Country Course was the venue on Sunday for the Autumn Open Cross Country, where in gorgeous autumn weather, Idra Nick Donald continued her exceptional year with victory in the women's 3K. Nick Donald, now aged 38, works as a teacher in Lucan and began her running career with Denor Harriers before joining West Limerick, a club founded by her family. So she has a foot in two provinces. Although not a cross-country specialist, McDonald pushed the pace from the start and finished a comfortable winner. In the battle for the minor placings, Leavale's Louise Shanahan used her 800 metre speed to pass Nadine Donegan of Tullamore Harriers for second place, with Nikita Burke of Letterkenny fourth. Just three seconds separated them, while a close fifth was Aoife O'Quill of St. Cocos in Kilcock. In the men's race over eight kilometres, Pierre Merchant of Dublin City Harriers finished second behind pre-race favourite Keelan Kilrahel of Moy Valley in County Mayo. First of the junior men was Niall Murphy of Ennis Track Club, 
uh, followed by Billy Coogan of Kilkenny City Harriers. As has become traditional, the race was used as a trial for the annual British and Irish Masters International, with master athletes travelling from all over the country to race and far outnumbering the senior athletes. Donegal athletes took three of the top four places in the women's categories. Nolene Scannon of Letterkenny was first and first over 35. Theresa Doherty of Finn Valley was second and first over 45. Dimpna Ryan of Dundrum in County Tipperary was third and first over 40. And Natasha Adams of Letterkenny was fourth and second over 45. Other category winners included the great Neve O'Sullivan from Kerry in the over 60 category. Race of the day came in the men's Masters 8K, where Owen Everard of Kilkenny City Harriers and East Cork's Michael Harty battled it out from the start. In the end, Everard proved the faster of the pair. Third was Kenneth Rogers of St John's, while fourth was a rejuvenated Colm Rooney of Clonagh Harriers. Other category winners included Declan Toll of North East Runners, M50, Paul Cowie of Crusaders, M55, Tin Ryland's Tommy Payne, M65, and man for all seasons, Joe Goff of West Waterford, M70. Teams for the British and Irish International to be held in Glasgow on Saturday, November the 11th will be announced in the next few days. Watch this space. Earlier in the day, an open mixed 4 by 1500 relay had taken place with 10 teams entered and Radfarnham WACF, the winners. Two Dublin City Harriers teams finished second and third, with Lucan Harriers fourth. The top two teams will travel to the European Club cross-country championships early next year. Leading home close to 80 runners in the Open 4K was Adam Vehi of Nace, with Ashling Smith of Dublin front runners first woman. OK, so thanks to Lindy again. And I was chatting away to Lindy today and she was telling me that uh, someone did come up to her today and talk to her about the podcast. So we're delighted that Lindy's also getting recognised and we do plan to catch up with Lindy in the coming weeks as well to get a bit more detail. She's a, a real uh, superstar of the athletics world in terms of bringing the news to the people. So we'll hear more about Lindy yeah. as well. And some standout performances in the cross country as well, you know, to be fair, uh, with Keelan, um, Ida, um, Louise Shannon as well, making the big step up as well, you know, so um, it is brilliant that cross country race they had great conditions for it now for just anyone there if you're looking for an update on any of them results or links to the feature fixtures that we will have coming up soon as well they're all in the show notes at um so just go into the spotify account and into the show notes and you will see the link to all the results from each race and you will also see a link to sign up for our featured fixtures as well okay and with that it's a good time to go to our featured fixtures <laughs> So our first featured fixture this week is the Irish Five Mile, which is on the 11th of November at 2.30. This is race four of the Barry AC Autumn Race Series. So again, don't forget to sign up by the 3rd of November and you can win a one night stay at the Kappa House um, in Irish. So that's on the night of the race. You are guaranteed a warm welcome. You are guaranteed nearly at the moment to walk away with a spot prize because there's over 100 race day prizes. Like, madness there's also top five male and female as well and there's all junior prizes like i we honestly could go on forever so you know it's great to go down there tip away down there two weeks after post dublin as well so you know get down and have the chats so definitely a well worth race getting down for 
Yeah, absolutely. Next up is the Churchtown 10 miler and that takes place on the 18th of November. And again, this is the first time hosting of this race. It's a 10 a.m. start. I uh, believe it's a challenging route, but a fair route at the same time. And again, it's the first time organised. So again, great excitement for the club. Great to support these new races and these distances as well. We we keep saying over and over again that there's not enough kind of longer distance races. So this is a 10 miler. A uh, great opportunity for people to get out again, hopefully, you know, whether it be cross country strength in your legs or maybe marathon strength in your legs. It's one that you might perform well at. So again, Churchtown 10 miler on November the 18th at 10 a.m. And then you have the great Glenville run on the 26th of November, a race. Go on, say it, I come tardy. I knew you were going to get it out there. <laughs> so um, this is actually a lovely run, and um, obviously it's in Glenville as well. Um, and I know we do say this, but this, they did have a massive um, race um, spread afterwards, um, really well worth getting down to. Watergrass will put on a great show for it and you know our good friends in Watergrass as for sure Rory as well there who helps out an awful lot with it you know it'd be great to get down and support it so very fast first mile and then kind of like rolling a couple of miles but you know it is definitely a course to go to love it so get down support them that's a great and Glenville run on the 26th of November people could even get their picture taken with Rory you mean like yeah, exactly yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> that's it he is, he announces the prizes on the day as well so his voice you know he's the voice for radio but also the voice for event hosting as well yeah it definitely yeah. doesn't have the face for no 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 <laughs> <laughs> right and our last featured race today again another extremely popular race it's been on the go a number of years now again i'm going to ask you did you finish first second or third at this event Second. Oh God, second! I think he's 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 picking out the events that he wants us to call out for the, for this reason and other yeah. reason. Got beat, con- John, got beat by John Mead. Are you contacting these clubs beforehand? <laughs> is it? Okay, but November the twelfth, another really great race, the Thomas Kent ten k. Um, it's a Sunday there, as I said, November the twelfth in Castle Lines. I think a very fair course. There's a few challenges in it, but overall, it always had good feedback. Yeah, very fast second half of a very fast first half is. It's okay. It does a couple of drags and a couple of hills in it, but the second half is very fast. Yeah. Um, so it's it is a very very good course. Yeah, and look again for all these races that we're calling out. Um, check out each race or each club's event page, social media pages, and I think all these events are going through Event Master as well. So go in and search. Again, as we keep saying, if there's other clubs out there, it doesn't matter which part of the country we promote it and push it as best we can for you guys. And um, you know, again, it's it's a great way of getting your race advertised as well. Our listenership is phenomenal at the moment. Um, don't think we spoke about that nearly enough at the start. It's off the scale. So again, if you want to reach a good audience at the moment, then piggyback on our show. Uh, no cost to anybody, no cost to a club or anything like that. We're just happy to support events and support club um, in, in doing the best we can for you guys as well. So if you have a race and you want to mention, definitely get it on to our featured race list. Exactly. Right, Brian, I think it's time to move to our interviews. So we've two interviews today. So we're going to start our first one here with um, Team Kerr. So we got to meet the, the guys on Friday to have a chat with them. And so, inspir- I mean, it's so inspirational. Again, we got a lot of messages in beforehand of people, you know, who just learned a lot from them um, and just took a lot from meeting them really i think do you know what i mean so um really inspirational characters um so i just sit back enjoy and we'll catch you on the other side for a second interview 
So I am delighted and may I say honoured to be joined by Team Kerr, David, Sandra and Aaron. Yeah, lads, how are we? Welcome to the show. We're grand, thank you very much. Um, yeah, Aaron's going to say hello. hello. Here's Aaron, Aaron's waving hello to everybody. Um, thank you very much uh, for asking us. We're very honoured to be asked to come on and looking forward to having a chat. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, no, we're, we, I've been looking forward to this one and we got a lot of messages in um, from people who have just literally, like, of just messages of support. I've said like, they, they've followed your story over the years and how much inspiration they've taken from it. Um, so, like, we were absolutely thrilled to have you on and it's we've been trying to get you on for ages but we've just haven't got our ducks in a row for it and finally we've got our, we've got it in place so we're absolutely delighted so for those who are listening in who don't know uh, team Kerr's uh, story um uh, can you give us a little bit of background about it um david uh, yes well we started well sandra started running herself um we started yeah. as a family in 2014. Sandy probably started, what, about a year or so before that? 18 months. About 18 months before that. Um, yeah. Aaron had come through yeah. uh, a kidney transplant and we were dealing with all the disability stuff and whatnot and it was it was pretty stressful. And we were looking for a way to, Sandy was, was looking for a way to try and manage that because we were struggling and yeah. she came across running yeah. and found that it really helped her. And uh, I could see she was coming back from events. She was building up the distances and she was she was really getting into it. She was coming back from the events and she was on a high and I could see her her mental health was improving. And I thought, was there a way that we mm. could possibly do this? Aaron was due to leave school fairly soon. And, and I don't know if people know, you know, but people kids, when they leave school with complex needs, there isn't a great thing <laughs> for them. So we wanted to find something that Aaron could take part in mm. and we could all maybe do as a family. So we sourced a running chair from America at that point and uh, we thought we would just literally go out and do some um, 5Ks maybe, yeah. not really much more than that at that point. We just really wanted to stay fit and healthy, get Aaron out in the fresh air um, and uh, just give, a, give, a, give him um, you know, a good quality of life once he'd left school and that, that was the starting point for us. And is like the chair yourselves, was that something obviously you've just invested in yourself at the time or was there help involved in that or you know because I, I presume these chairs are not cheap by any means yeah you can you can mm. say that again there's not a, there, there's a few more on the market now but back then there wasn't really an awful lot of choice so it, you know it is it is pretty expensive so you know we contributed and we also had a fundra fundraising running on the side of that as well so um but it was a big expense and obviously getting it in from the states was a big expense as well but to be honest it was the best decision we've ever made. It mm. was phenomenal. Um, Sandra had signed up for the Great the Great South Run. Run over on the South Coast, and she was due to head over. And the chair wasn't due to arrive until about two weeks after that race, but it, it arrived two weeks earlier. Okay. And, of course, being the typical man, I had left it up to the last minute, but I'd start training and I'd be grand. Don't be worried, you know, when the chair comes. And then, of course, it, because it had come two weeks early, um, we said, oh, I, I, no problem, I can do that great South Run, I'll come over and we'll do it with the chair, that's, that's no problem. And, uh, of course, the two weeks went by very quickly and I, <laughs> we, we loaded up the van and we headed over to Portsmouth to do the great South Run and we really had no idea where we would start, what we would do. Uh, Wet behind the ears when it came uh, to uh, assisted running. Uh, and, uh, uh, but we, 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 we lined up, didn't we? And, 
it was just incredible, wasn't it? Really, yeah. it yeah. was the first time we felt in a long, long time that we we sort of were part of something that we felt yeah. back in the community. And how, like for Aaron himself, what's he, like he must have actually loved the fact that like oh, you know you're you're in you're around there. There's people cheering his name. There's people cheering your names. You know, he's now. A celebrity, um, you know, everyone knows. Certainly a diva. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like, it must have been great for even his his confidence, his you know, his mood, his the whole lot of it. Aaron just took it in his stride. Um, he yeah. was grand. And Aaron lost people watching, so just watching everyone running past, um, you know, saying hello to Aaron, giving him high fives. He was in his absolute element. He is. He's in his element, and he he just loves. I mean, he was, you know, he had. Growing up, it was difficult for Aaron. Um, you know, his confidence was quite low um, due to lots of reasons, medically and all sorts. And, um, that was sort of a byproduct that we weren't really expecting. Aaron's confidence would grow and being around people. And um, it was just it was just wonderful. It was, it was beautiful to watch, to see Aaron sort of grow and mature and just really embrace it. And um, as you say, he's, he's, he's well known. I mean, we, we walk down the street in Belfast and people come up. We have no clue who they are. Mm. Aaron knows everybody. And they're shaking hands with them. And it's just wonderful. It's really, really nice. And was the plan always to continue that journey or was it a case of just one race and we'll see how we go? We just loved it, didn't we? The first run, we just yeah. we just keep doing more. We did, but we, ne- we never really had a plan at that stage. Everything we have done has sort of, grown organically through it it's sort of it's just sort of a rolling stone so to speak you know it's um but it's really hard to describe to bottle that feeling that we got i think you really have to be sort of isolated and as carers as well we, we, we were we were living in that world of disability of hospitals and caring and everything else <laughs> and it, it can be a very lonely place and then suddenly to be out there and people you know um shaking hands welcoming you high fives like you say shouting Aaron's name it was it was just amazing. If you could bottle that feeling, I think we'd be millionaires tomorrow. It was just fantastic, you know. Yeah. And people and people took to us because it was we were very nervous because you know you're running down the road at the now we have an eight foot luminous green chair. You know you you can't sort of blend in, you know. And at that point we had a we we had a red chair and it was almost as long and. You know, you wonder, are people going to get angry? Are people going to be sort of you know what are you doing here? That type of thing. But we can honestly say. On the whole, we've been welcomed so positively. Yeah. I think everybody would agree that the Irish life Dublin Marathon wouldn't be the same if we didn't have people like yourselves, assisted runners, etc. Um, you know, your own team are always, you know, people cheer you on as they pass. We've seen others as well. Like last year, I shared a video um, from a good friend of ours there, Andreas from Mallow AC. Um, I think it's Wheels of Freedom. And he filmed the last mile and the support they got in the last mile. And I remember even friends and my own family actually in particular who wouldn't be the biggest um followers of running despite me running but they contacted me to say how inspirational it was and i suppose that's the question now do, do you realize the impact you guys have uh, to others and the inspiring Im- impact you have with within within the community well i mean it, it's really it's important to us isn't it the message of inclusion you know we mm. we it's a very simple message that we give, but we, we firmly have the belief that, you know, everybody should be included. There's room for everybody, you know. Everybody can respect everybody else. You know, the fast guys at the front, you know, the back of the pack, the, the assisted runners, the self-propelled guys, you know, there's room for everybody. And it's just a fantastic, I mean, Dublin is just a fantastic event. 
Um, Jim and all the girls in the office have supported us from day one. Um, they, they, they embrace inclusion. Um, it's a pity there aren't a few more of the bigger races. That, that yeah, I was just I was just about to come to that. Um, Sandra, for, like you say, say for yourself, like like it's, you think of it, it's when was it last year, the year before with London? You know, it was the first time they included. Like you would think this is a no a no brainer for for races to have this it, that much inclusion, but obviously something that you you've come across with issues for it. We thought that we'd never actually get to London. All those years of fighting to get in, we just yeah just accepted, didn't we? That we just we're not going to get in. We did, yeah. We didn't want to give up. Yeah, seven years we were we were battling uh, to get in. I mean, I think uh, it always surprised us. People people would come up to us and we, we, they would ask us about London, and they would say we we just never thought that we just thought it was that you were allowed in, that people pushing chairs were allowed in. But you know, we couldn't understand why we couldn't. Yeah. Mm. we just couldn't understand it. Couldn't no, we, we couldn't. Like all the other races. The majors let chairs in, but London didn't. Yeah, I mean, we understand that there are races we can't do, and that's fine. You know, there's there's certain events we can't we can't take part in for various reasons, and we've no problem <laughs> with that. But when a race <laughs> such as London or, or similar that is, you know, it's a road race, there's there's no reason why we couldn't take mm. part. We felt very strongly, which is why we, we we stuck with it for the seven years, and we were just delighted because we we knew. That it would be that it would work, and and I say the first year we got in, they allowed four chairs, and it was it was it was actually two because the, the change in rule came about about five weeks before, so people okay. weren't able to get get there. But there was two on the day, including ourselves, and it was so successful that now they have ten assisted places for chairs last yeah. year, and the the ballot actually is announced this Monday for assisted runners uh, for for twenty twenty four. But it's 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 amazing how like I just I couldn't get my head around it that you had to fight seven years for this you know you know it's because I think again it comes down to and London is is a very inspirational marathon where it's all about inspirational stories is what the whole lot of it is and like I can't see any more inspirational stories than the likes of yourselves and the Freedom Wheelers and you know all these kind of these. Uh, people out there with assisted running and stuff like that and uh, I just think it was crazy that it was seven years I think it's just change isn't it I think it was just change I think sometimes people might think that it's it's a bigger it's going to cause lots of problems it's going to be a headache but it's just that getting that willingness to change mm. and, and and once once you get that message across that it's not actually that complicated and it can add so much to an event and then when they embrace it, it's just, you know, it takes mm. off and it's, it, it's it's lovely to see. We got a question in about the chair. Um, you know, obviously this is a, a ton weight. It's massive. It's hard to move. A puncher. It was one thing that came into my head as well. Have you ever got a puncher in the middle of a race? <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> more times than we care to remember. And like, it's obviously not an easy fix. You know what I mean? You know, and. Well, the, the first chair, the first chair we used was it had quick release wheels. But the problem with that was the chair would would have to be sat on the ground, and it was difficult to lift and move down and get all that. So when we when we went to the chair we've been with for the last four or five years, we designed that with a local engineer. We said, look, this is a problem for us. What can we do? So we actually have a jack that we carry, a, a, a custom made jack that we carry underneath the chair. So we're a bit like a Formula One team, only a lot slower. <laughs> but we can, we can, we can change on the road. It just lifts the chair up about an inch off the ground, and we can change it, change it a tube as as we go. Incredible. Yeah. 
Brilliant. And I suppose a lot of people listening in here uh, today will know you well from the achievements you have done at the various marathons and the various races. Um, but I suppose that's not even telling half it. I, when I started studying up on you guys over the last couple of days, I was just amazed with the amount of awards you've, you've won, even away from running and the recognition um, and the inspiration, again, that you've given right up to recognition from King Charles with the, the BEM award for Aaron. And Aaron, if you don't mind me saying how well you looked in your suit that day, um, very dapper indeed. And, uh, of course, the Lord Mayor's Medal at Dublin Marathon. And, again, we could keep going on, but it's just, again, your achievements are just so incredible. It must be inspiring to you as a family as well. Oh, thank you. Um, Aaron's our inspiration, and we just couldn't be more proud of Aaron for yeah for, for everything he's done. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's a guy that gets us up. He's a sailor. I think he's on a website. He gets us over, you know, we, we, when we're struggling, he gets us over that last mile, over that last hill. But one of the first... Um, awards that we got was actually the Lord Mayor's Medal in Dublin and that meant and still means an awful lot to us because it was nominations uh, from our peers uh, and at that time again we were still sort of I think that was 2016 we were still fairly newish to the running scene at that point um, and we still felt like were we fitting in and for people within the running community to to you know email in or, or message in and nominate us, uh, that really meant a lot to us uh, at the time, and as I say, still does. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and like, talk me through a typical week of training. So, how, like, Aaron, obviously, is he, is he out, you know, are you taking your turns going out doing a, a couple of miles? Is it just constantly pushing, or how is your training? Every training how does it happen? Month. Every training mile we do, we do together. We don't run on our own we, anymore. Yeah. We're always together as a family. We have a very strict rule. If, if one's out, we're all out. Okay. We all have to be feeling good to go out for a run. And every week's different. Never the same week. Never the same day. We're dictated to a lot by um, our epilepsy. Now, so we have to be very adaptable to our training. Uh, uh, we've, we've always worked uh, on, the, on the basis of, uh, of, uh, for marathon training for us is we would tend to do... Uh, you know, six or seven miles once, and then we we try and maybe do a five k, and then we was on a longer run and build the mileage up by a mile or two miles a week. Because for us to go to follow a training ski, a train a proper training plan as such, it just doesn't work for us. Yeah. So we just have to we it's it's it what we do works for us. It probably wouldn't work for most people, but it it works for us. We have to be very adaptable and very flexible. And um, plan you know we can be we can be geared up for a, a, a training you know we could have, have 15 miles um, on the, in the diary and then we and Aaron has a seizure and it's out the window yeah so, but we we've sort of learned to to, to to live with that and which is why we're, we've just we we're never bothered about times and things mm. like it's never oh, it's, but but isn't it how running is so relevant to everybody like everyone has that exact issues you know what i mean everyone has like it's all slightly different obviously but there's yeah. reasons where you know people have oh shoot work cause uh kids you yeah. know anything like that and all of a sudden it's everyone has the exact same issues no matter how yeah. big or small these issues might be you know a run will happen but it also might not happen and again, while studying up on you guys, um, I believe Aaron's talents don't stop on the road. And now we have a book, I believe, out as well. So it's Aaron's Great Big Green Running Machine. Uh, can you tell us a bit about that one? He certainly has. He does, yeah. Yeah, we brought that book out um, 
towards the end of last year, just before Christmas last year. It was something that we'd been thinking about for, for a while. Um, we say about getting to talk to young kids, isn't it, yeah. really? Yeah, we think it's so important that you educate children when they're very young about disability and other things. So that's what gave us the idea as well, wasn't it? Yeah, we thought, you know, it was a nice, it was a nice story to tell. And we, we, we thought we could tell. We hope we've told it in a way that, you know, when kids read it, 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 it will you know, uh, make them, uh, maybe if uh, they see uh, somebody out with complex needs, mm. you know, it will it will uh, answer a few questions for them. And, you know, because it can be a scary thing if you don't know about it. And, and parents sometimes don't tell their kids and, um, so we we just thought that we would do our little bit, um, and hopefully people seem to like it. It's in schools and and various places and, and across the country, and you know across the UK and and down in the Republic. So hopefully it's doing what we hope it's doing. Well, look, I think you know, I, and I, I just want to pass on a message I got when I spoke to you before earlier. My, my brother Jonathan, who I, who has pulled the we the. She's stiff. <laughs> My brain stopped working. Let's <laughs> do we share with you um, one day. But Jonathan, look, he just he, he said to me, just want to pass on a message of how much respect he has from Teen Kerr. And he was very grateful to be able to spend the time with you and to get to know you. And it was an honour to bring Aaron for a run. He was so happy throughout and he really lifts the spirits of people around him. He really, truly deserves his BME uh, award recently. And he, Jonathan hopes to catch up with you again soon. You know, and I got a few messages like that. And I just obviously Jonathan and, you know, I have to call it my brother's one, you know, nepotism and all that. You have to look after that. Uh, but like, you know, that just shows how much Aaron and the awards and the books and all these things. Like, they're all fantastic but it's what you actually mean to people is just incredible you know and you know how much respect you have and kevin english as well message yeah. saying like you know do you remember the, the time he gave you yeah uh, you got a big hug off you as well you know so like there's loads of stories like that and what you mean to people and aaron means to people and you know how much motivation people drive from him yeah. to, to improve their own running as well that's very kind we, we okay. i think it sort of hit us one time Again at Dublin Marathon, we were coming through Phoenix Park. What's that about five, six miles? Yeah, and um, we were just in our own thing, doing our own thing. And you know, we get a lot of people would go past and would, would uh, pass on the back, and they sort of give Aaron a high five, and it's lovely. And we were running, and we were just in our own world, getting through. And um, there was this huge round of applause started up. And we started to look around and we couldn't, it was a pacer group was coming through, I can't remember what they were, but pacer group was coming through and this huge round of applause started up and it was getting louder and louder. And the only way I could equate it to, it felt like we were in the middle of like a, a, a football stadium. And I, Sandy and I were looking at each other going, oh, who's, who's here? What's going on? And it was for Aaron. And it was just, we felt so humble. It was just, it was just a lovely, lovely moment. Mm. And um, that's the kind of atmosphere you get at Dublin. Oh. <laughs> It was just wonderful, really. really yeah, nice. and to kind of touch on and the Irish life, Dublin Marathon, obviously you uh, said earlier how important, like how much has that actually played on you going into the marathons and getting the love for the marathons and the bug for the marathons has Dublin itself played for you? Uh, we, I mean, we, as I said earlier, the guys at Dublin have been supportive of us from day one, haven't they? They're so inclusive. Yeah, they are, they really are. And um, it is, it's lovely. You go down uh, and the support is just... Phenomenal. I mean, we, yes, we've done London, and that's great, and the support is amazing. But there's something about Dublin, isn't there? It's yeah. just, 
It is so friendly. And and wherever you go, you know someone. There's always someone that you know, yeah. always someone that's encouraging you, someone to chat to. I mean, it's just brilliant. We always look at it as like a, one big reunion. Yeah. You see people you might not have seen for two or three years, and they'll come past, they'll have a wee chat, they'll run on or whatever. We're generally not running past people, they come past <laughs> us. But, uh, you know, we'll have a chat with people and, and it's just, it's just, not, there's just such a great atmosphere about it. Um, we, we really enjoy it, don't yeah. we? And we were got it last year because the last time we actually ran it was, yeah. the event itself was 2019. And then we did the virtual event in 2020. And we couldn't do the virtual event in 21 because we just had our fill of virtual events. By that <laughs> uh, and then last year we were down to do it. And then we had a, we had a family bereavement. Um, and weren't able to go, so we were we were gutted to miss it last year because it is such a fantastic day out. So we are really looking forward to it. Training hasn't gone as to say as we would like this year. Aaron's epilepsy's played a big part this year, so but we will be there, all being well. We'll turn up, won't we? Yeah, and not, we'll get round. We're not where we want to be, but the most important thing to us is just to get round, enjoy it, um, and Aaron to have a great day. And we're not and we're not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> And it's, not, it's, not, it's not easy this thing we do so, but we enjoy it we, if we didn't enjoy it we wouldn't do it you know and Aaron has the he has the best day out. Always, oh, always, yeah. does, always yeah. does how many Dublins will this be for you guys now uh, the first one was 2015 15, what are we, 15 16 10, 5 uh, we've done 5 and actual events and then a virtual so our 6th actual event uh, uh, all being well all being well we never know until race day again it's not often we've pulled out of a race but we've actually turned up to races and had to had to come away because Aaron's had a seizure mm. but it's not often we would, we would uh, do uh, that but we never really know until the day if we're going to actually be there so but we just have to do all the prep and, and, and fingers crossed <laughs> yeah so talk me through the morning of a race we'll say we'll take Dublin now in two weeks time like what what does a morning and in it, we said evening before obviously which is a lot entails so what yeah. does that entail for you for to get ready for a race day we have a lot to do in the morning so we have to get up really early normally about half past three four o'clock Dave and myself would get up and then we just do a few things and we try and leave Aaron to sleep for as long as he can before we have to get him up and then once Aaron's up we have to yeah we have to let him we have to let him wake up of his own accord yeah. okay him. we don't want to give him any triggers that would start a seizure so say Aaron would rest for as long as he can and then once Aaron gets up we normally know within a few minutes whether there's going to be a seizure yeah and then it's just Basically, we have to get Aaron ready. He's got to do all his medications and uh, all his uh, all his personal care and things like that there, which is quite time consuming. But we're sort of we're a bit like a, a well-oiled machine at this point. Yeah. Um, we work so well as a team. We just don't have to say anything. We just know what each other's going to do. But generally, we would for Dublin. We we would for for most races, we try and stay at home the night before. Uh, 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 um, we're not too bad. We're only about uh, uh, an hour. Uh, 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 okay. Hour up the road so it's not too bad because yeah, Aaron sleeps better in his own bed yeah we've, we've we've stayed over in Dublin before we did it once and it, yeah, yeah it but didn't Aaron work. didn't sleep we didn't sleep that well so we always prefer to sleep in our own bed and get up really early so we yeah. know we're a couple of hours uh, yeah we'd rather get four hours good sleep than, than no. no than, than none <laughs> we have had none before <laughs> so something that I you know the listeners won't see here but from talking to you I can just pick up your enthusiasm uh even coming through the camera here right now, and I said, listeners won't pick that up, but you're obviously an incredible team. You know, you work so slickly together. Is it just three in the team, or is there more people joining you every now and again? Or? It's, <laughs> it's, it's always just the three of us. We have had people yeah. in the past run with us. They might join us, and, um, you know, they, they'll run alongside and, and enjoy the crack. We've had certain races. Yeah, we've done, you know, we've done 
you know, we do the, the, the Dublins and we've done London now, and all, but, you know, we've done a lot of races where you maybe have, you know, a lot of marathons, you maybe only have 100 people or less mm-hmm. or even less than that. And we'll have people come along and it's, it's, we'll just join in and it's all about the experience and whatnot. But it's myself and Sandra that push. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have anybody else in the team. So, uh, yeah. We might think about employing a couple of people but, uh, <laughs> as the years go on, but at the minute, no, it's 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 been us from day one, and uh, we're very proud of that, don't we? It's yeah. just it's the three of us. So, as 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 you're the two navigators, questioning, what's tougher, going up a hill or going down a steep hill? Down, down. definitely down. Definitely down. Yeah, it's. Uh, well, as you know, the you know we all. If you're a runner, you know how to run down a hill. But mm. when you've got a chair in front of you, that goes out the window. Yeah. Worry about the chair getting away from you, and obviously there's runners all around you, so it's yeah, it's definitely more difficult going down. Yeah. Down. So whilst everyone else is loosening up going down a hill, you're tightening up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it's tough. And and, and again, it, it as you go deeper into the marathon and as you get more tired, you know, you're getting very physically tired in, in the upper body. Then if you know if you come across a hill, a downhill at that point, it's obviously it's harder. So you've got to adapt and, and, and that type of thing. So we're probably the well not the only people, but assisted runners are probably the only people who, who finish a marathon with a more their, their upper body is sore than their their legs. You know? <laughs> and like obviously there's a lot of effort then goes into when you're trying to hold the wheelchair, you know, when you're going down the hill. Um I suppose then you go up the hill is just take turns, is it? Push what nearly push each other up behind each other or something. We push together. Obviously I'm pushing from the side, um, but we, we just push together, don't we? Yeah, we do. And I mean we've worked, you know, it's we have to be realistic to what we do. You know, we're 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 pushing a full grown adult. And um, you know, I'm I'm six four. Aaron, we think Aaron's about six one, six two, something like that. We're not quite sure. You know, he's 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 a big fella like myself. And you know, we're realistic when it comes to sort of hills. You know, we will we will par over them. We'll par walk over them because we're not gaining anything by trying to run them. At times, you know, depending on the depend on the steepness of the mm. hill and the gradient, but it's it's not really beneficial is no. it, to us. So we, we yeah, we have to sort of con- we try to conserve. And then push on, and we get a lot of people would say to us, "You all right? You all right? You know, can we help you? Can you?" Help? And they're so kind and stuff, but we just make it look really awkward. But we get over the hills. <laughs> and what's the recovery then for you? Like, is it basically when you go home, it's sleep? Well, we're carers, so we're we're always on working, so we can't just say, "What we sit on the sofa for a couple of hours, we go to bed for a nap." We're always working. Yeah, but we just rest when we can, don't we? Yeah, we do. Generally, after a marathon, it's always a bit of a joke for us, isn't it? We get Aaron sorted and get him all down and everything we have to do there are done. And then it's generally about half three. We get we might get to bed at whatever time that night, 10 or 11 that night. It's generally about three or half three. We're both up and we're down here for tea and toast. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's our recovery, you know. It's really restless legs for us, isn't it, as we get that? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's, it's tough. Yeah. But it's, it's worth, we, again, we, we wouldn't do it if we didn't enjoy yeah. it. So we've we've already spoken a lot about the inspiration that you guys have given to so many people and I suppose the legacy that you're leaving as well um, and inspiring other people to get involved. You know, assisted runners are, you know, we're seeing more and more at all different levels of races from 5Ks to marathons. Um, I know you have a website, you have a lot of social media channels as well, but if people would like to help, is there a way that they can help possibly? Uh, well... With regards to anybody can get we get we get messages of support 
from all over the world. Uh, we get we got followers from all. We got followers from all over the world, and and we regularly would get people would get in touch with us and would ask us how how do we get started, how do we get involved, you know, what sort of what chairs are available, what experience, you know, how do we contact races, how do we contact, how do we approach race directors, you know, um, a lot of people would have the concerns that we had, we we learned on the job, so to speak, you know. Um, and, and people do have legitimate concerns. We like to try and help people and, and guide them. Maybe some of the mistakes that we've made, you know, try to guide them away from that and how to approach races, how to start, how to run with a chair. Because it's very different. You're running a chair in amongst, you know, at times hundreds of people. Uh, you know, you have to be, you know, we, 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 we ask for respect from other runners, but we have to respect on our other uh, runners too, uh, mm. you know, because it's their race just as much uh, as, it as it's our race. You know, we, 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 we like to say to people, you know, about staying on the left-hand side where possible and, you know, respecting everybody else around you on, on the course. It's really important to us. Uh, you know, we have come across some assisted runners who shout and scream at people to move out of their way. Wheelchair coming through. And, and to us, that's... Well, they take up the whole road. They take up the whole road, road with a big crew and things like that there. And, you know, that type of behaviour isn't sort of acceptable to us. It's not something that we would do or certainly, you know, wouldn't want anyone else to do um but we try to pass that experience that we've had on to other people and hopefully you know that they 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 take that up but the, i think the inclusion message has gotten through to a lot mm. of people i mean we have we we get regular messages especially after um london marathon last year 2022 the messages we were seeing i mean it was unbelievable wasn't it it, it was just incredible we were getting messages from people who were really struggling. They'd had um, organ oh. transplants and, you know, or their oh. children had transplants and they were really struggling. And but they had children with complex needs and they didn't know there was not much for um, <clears> them <throat> to do. Yeah. And they were thinking about doing, the, you know, assisted running and we're giving them advice. It yeah. was just nonstop. I think the problem, not the problem, but I think what happens is that on the whole, when you see disability and, and complex needs on the television, it's generally a, a, a negative story. And I think the overwhelming response we got, or, or we, we, we get it quite a lot, not just London, but it was obviously it was turned up a bit then, but is that it was just so nice to see a positive story about yeah. disability, mm. you know, and carers. Because carers are portrayed as, you know, a certain type of person, and certain, age. certain age, and, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. And... You know, uh, yeah. I think the message was just nice for yeah. people to see that you actually can do stuff. Yeah. You can have a life. You can experience stuff. You know, you know, we're not we're not unrealistic. We know there's things that we can't do, but that doesn't mean we can't do some things. Oh yeah, but look, you, 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 life is slightly different, but you know, it's your life, and it's you know, like all of us, we all make the most of the life that we you know and enjoy every single second of it. You enjoy the three of you out, you know, out running together, inspiring thousands and thousands and thousands of people every single day even when you're not out running you're inspiring people because see people are watching your videos and people are watching your instagrams like for people where can they check up on your story i know we said you have your website but you want to give a bit of details of where people can catch up with you 
Yeah, just the usual channels. We're on Facebook. We've got a page on there. We do most of our stuff on Facebook. I think that's for us older people. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. We, we, we do Instagram, but we don't really get Instagram. So I think Brian still is Bebo, I think. <laughs> yeah, but all the usual channels. If you go to Google and stick in Team Care, you'll generally find us to say the websites there, um, Facebook, um, Instagram, or just email us, teamcare at btinternet.com if anybody wants to get in touch and if they've got any questions in that respect. But we're actually um, we're down at the Expo on the Friday. We're, we're, we're going to be on stage about one o'clock, I think, um, having a chat um, about various things, aren't we? And then um, I think we're going to we're going to be there for a couple of hours with Aaron's book as well afterwards. So if anybody well, wants to come along. I, I'll Expo make you a deal there. So, all right, because I was actually going to ask this off here, but I'm going to ask it right now. OK, Brian's going up. I won't be up there, but I'm going to get Brian. I want, but I want it signed by the tree of you. OK, can, I, can we make that a deal? So if, I, if we get the bike up there or we get the book up there, Brian, get it for me and we get it signed by the tree of you. No problem. It's sure, no problem. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do no that. So that's a deal. Aaron, has, Aaron actually has a stamp that he uses to sign the book. To Excellent. Sign so we will, we will, we will definitely make that happen. Because oh, you know what? No, that'd be lovely to read to the kids there in the evenings. You know. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll be there hopefully for a couple of hours in the afternoon before we go home and and rest up for Sunday. <laughs> All be well. David, Sandra, Aaron, I think Brian, did you have something there, right? Oh, I was just gonna say, I think we've taken up enough of your time. Yeah. Tonight, but I really um, appreciate you coming on. Uh, uh, Aaron, thank you very, very, very much. You are a superstar. Thank you. This is thank you for those who yeah. can't. If those who can't see, Aaron touches his cheek, and that's thank you. So yeah, uh, <laughs> he's he's a legend of a man, and you know he inspires us all every single day. And I know he inspires the two of you every single second of the day. You know, so you know, so Aaron, thank you. Thank you. Um, and best of luck in two weeks' time, and we wish you all the success in every marathons that the three of you do in the future, and less if it's five k's or marathons, um, or maybe you might go to ultras. You never know. <laughs> 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 but thank you so much for taking your time out to chat to us, oh, and um, we look. We it's it's an inspiration, and and we talk to you all again soon. Thank you. Can we just say quickly? Yes, we, of course. We want to shout out and say thank you so much to everybody who does support us. We get fantastic support all across the island, and it, it really does mean a lot to us. So for all those guys, you come out and shout for Aaron, whether it be in Dublin or it be in the back end of Galway somewhere or anywhere else. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. it means a lot to our wee family. Yeah, thank you. And look, we will talk to you again. We may catch up with you after Dublin to see how it goes for you. Brilliant. We talk to you. Thank you very, very much. Okay, so hope you really enjoyed that interview with Team Kerr. I mean. We, we spoke to the guys in, uh, on Friday of this week and truly inspirational family. Uh, we were delighted that Aaron was there as well. You could see his enthusiasm and the love, I think, that they have for each other through their, through their, through their running and assisted running. Uh, but just the whole kind of, I think, the journey of what they've done, the, the inclusion. You know, again, I'd encourage people to look, look up a bit about them because it's just not about running. It's about, you know, they've received so many awards for you know the, the, for the fighting for the cause i suppose as well and as they mentioned about the london marathon there you know where it didn't have assisted uh running as a category and now does mm -hmm. um so you know again they, they're they're 
trailblazers, I suppose, in their in their field. So well done to the three guys yeah. there again. Super. And I, and I love the fact that like with David and Sandra, like obviously and Aaron, the three of them, all they do now is just run together. Do you know that's what they do. Yeah, and don't forget to check out Aaron's book. I'd say you can buy it shortly through their social media. So it's Aaron's Great Big Green Running Machine. Yeah, and I, they'll be up in Dublin as well for as you as you heard. So we get into that. Now, second interview, we are going to move to Ger, George Sherwood, who's um from Precision Fueling. So with George, we're going to talk through um kind of the build up to the week. Now, this is not what people should be eating in the evenings. We're we're not talk this is more race fuelings uh, like your 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 uh, electrolytes your what plans you should be taking into for the race day so we're going to go through a bit of that um so look enjoy it and hopefully some people will take a few tips for it and we'll catch you on the other side okay so our second interview this evening we're delighted to welcome george sherwood from precision fuel and hydration to the podcast george coming on the podcast at a very popular time at the moment for people heading into the marathon again so uh, i'm sure this will be well listened to so welcome to the podcast thanks guys good to be here thanks for having me on delighted uh, to have you on yeah it's great look we had for everyone who knows obviously george was down the event that we had with the edge sports um about a week or so ago now and you know he got a great you were quite kept very busy for the, the few hours you were there, George. Very busy indeed. <laughs> so, look, this is an important time for people to make sure they have their I's dotted and their T's crossed or laid, whatever they say. Um, so we're going to go, go through what people can help themselves as much as they possibly can. So I think we'll break it down into maybe the week of the race, you know, okay. and then kind of race day and even kind of post-race what they can do to help recovery then as well maybe a bit with that so the first question i'm going to ask you george is quite a simple one because the most questions we got in was about sodium all right so can you tell me sodium exactly what so sodium our runners talking about is it the salt you put into dinner or is it you know your electrolyte tablets or is it a mixture of everything okay well before i answer that question i just rewind back to how i got involved with precision fuel and hydration so I'm part of the athlete support team. Uh, we have a worldwide team. I'm the person who's based in Ireland and I've been with the company since 2017. Um, our main business is actually sweat testing, whereby we take a sample of an athlete's sweat, analyze it and determine their sodium loss per liter per hour. So that's our main business. Um, and that has brought on our electrolyte products our fuel and hydration products as well. Um, I, back in, back in the day, from 20, 2009 onwards, was doing Ironman triathlon, got to the World Championships in 17, 2017, 2018 for 70.3. But I was doing long distance in 2013 and 2014, and I was suffering with dehydration. Um, not cramping, just dehydration. And I saw online precision fuel and hydration, did online sweat tests. Um, which I took the sweat test, got the product and still was having issues. So I needed to, I wanted to go ahead and get the proper sweat test, sweat analysis that we do. Uh, and at the time there was no one in Ireland doing, doing any testing. Uh, so I went to the UK, had the test done and on the back of that became the test center for Ireland. And since then we've tested thousands of athletes up and down the country from all different sports not only running and triathlon but boxing canoeing swimming uh, we do a lot of ga players we tested the irish rugby team um 
there are lots of county GAA teams, so a broad spectrum of athletes we test uh, at our base in Kilkenny. We also do sweat test days, which we'll come to later. Um, but yes, our main business is testing sodium loss in athletes. Um, and this can cause various degrees of degradation um, depending on how much you lose. And sweat loss is actually linked to your DNA and your sodium loss. So no two athletes are actually the same. And once you actually take that particular test, it, the results never change, unlike, say, a VO2 max test. Yeah, sorry, George, what does a test actually entail? Uh, the test is done at rest, so there's no actual exercise involved. Um, yeah <laughs> so you just talk about you just come to me and talk about your sport for about 45 minutes <laughs> uh, we use two polycarbine gel discs which you place on the athlete's forearm and we run a small little current through that because the forearm is actually the best place to get a relevant sweat analysis test from your skin um it takes six or seven minutes to get the sample generated the chemical in the little disc actually in layman's term tricks your brain into thinking you need to sweat and we use a macroduct collector then just to collect the sample now it's only a tiny sample maybe the size of a teardrop and we analyze that through our analysis machine and that gives us a result of how much sodium per liter per hour that particular athlete loses okay. so this would be crucial on any endurance sport athlete uh, or any athlete who's actually interested in raising their performance and optimizing their hydration. Um, so that that spectrum of results is huge, from low salt sweaters to moderate salt sweaters to really high salty sweaters. And all have their ups and downs. I'm actually a low salty sweater, but I actually sweat a lot of fluid. So for me, it's a combination of replacing salt and a good bit of fluid. Um, <clears throat> So the average person sweats at 949 milligrams of sodium per liter per hour. We've conducted over 30,000 tests worldwide, and that's the average person sweat loss. So if you take the average electrolyte that's out there available to buy, it's about 250 milligrams. So if the average person is sweating at 949, there's a huge difference between the generic brand of electrolyte and something a lot stronger that will match up to that athlete's sweat loss. Um, the high salty sweaters or the heavy sweaters um, who would be above that tend to be the athletes who suffer from cramping and dehydration. So they're the athletes who would specifically come to us for testing. And so the, typically they would have, on, when they're doing events or exercise over two or three hours, would have cramping, will have all salt granules on their forehead will have white marks on their black kit. So they would lose a lot of salt. Um, and their performance will probably tend to drop off after two or three hours if they're not adequately replacing it. Um, because the sodium in their diet will have been used up. And unless they've actually mm -hmm. preloaded or continue to take in an electrolyte during the event, which generally they don't take in a strong enough electrolyte, and then the issues happen. Now the cramping has not been identified to specific sodium loss. It's a combination of fluid loss and sodium loss and sometimes heat and humidity. So the combination of all three gens is like a cascade effect where one thing happens and that leads to something yeah. else, which leads to something else. So, and sometimes it's nervous tension. I have a lot of athletes who do the marathon and they all say, look, I always cramp at mile 18 regardless. And that's in their head from the minute they've set off on the marathon. Yeah. And mile 16 they're getting tense 
and AB. They're, they're and nearly they're waiting for it to kick in, is this? You know what yeah, I mean? Just and I would have that once a week with athletes coming in for testing every every time. My lady in bang on bang on time. Here comes the cramping, and it's tensing and muscles are tense. They're nervous, and to be honest, up to up to, to date, we've had a hundred. I've had a hundred percent success rate with my testing in terms of people who cramp. So we managed to solve any issues. Now they would have a high strength electrolyte to to solve that but that's all in the protocols of testing which we can go through later so so yeah so in the build-up to the week of the marathon is there things that people can do to maybe you know is it like salt tablets as, as damon said or is it extra salt on your chips or anything like that you know what, what's the specific tips that people can do okay so a lot of people would would present myself in the past would would have drank fluids the last couple of days before the marathon and I've, I've done that a few times actually and come to the race day feeling flat because I drank all this fluid, washed out all the nutrients that I've built up in my probably decent diet during the week and the race day I'm flat as a pancake, nothing seems to be right. Um, that's drinking all this fluid, going to the bathroom, washing everything out. So part of precision fuel and hydration's protocols would be to take one of our high strength electrolytes, the pH 1500, which is known as the purple one. It's three to four times stronger than your standard electrolyte. And one of those the night before the marathon uh, would pre what it does it preloads your blood plasma with sodium. So basically you're fully loaded going into the race. Uh, you'd have another one the morning of the race at breakfast just to sip on. Uh, so that just tops up your sodium as well. And then into the race, um, depending on the runner, because people would want to run at different intensities. So some of the faster runners will bring salt tablets and they will take a number of them per hour during the race to keep their sodium levels up. Um, other runners who are not as going as fast or maybe different intensity will bring some electrolytes to drop into their water bottles or maybe they'll carry a water bottle. And then afterwards, the, the 1500 is great for a bit of recovery. It's great for after race celebrations as well, yep. which a lot. <laughs> But and, George, sorry, just cut across here. There's one right the biggest tip I've learned with salt tablets, all right. And this has happened to me my first Dublin, one of my first Dublin marathons I've done. I had the pouch and I put my salt tablets into the pouch, went off and ran and drank the water along the way. And I was taking one every four or five miles, I think it was my plan. When I got to mile eight or ten, whatever it was, I looked into the bag and the whole things had dissolved because obviously salt dissolves. So the thing I picked up for the next race was I put into a bit of tin foil just to make sure it was protective. Now, I know it's the likes of Precision uh, Fuel have the ones where you just pop it out of the packet and it's perfect. Um, but like, you know, just for people to give them a hint, make sure you put your salt tablets into something that if it doesn't make it dissolve, because I was literally licking the bag by the end of the thing trying to get the salt out. Yeah, our, our Precision Fuel Hydration salt tablets are blister packed and you can cut them into strips, which are great. You can pop them in your race belt. Um, like we'd be looking at a minimum of one or two per hour for athletes to take. Now, some of the heavy sweaters who cramp a lot will take up to four or five per hour. That sounds an awful lot. But when we've done the sweat analysis on them and we see how much salt they're losing per hour, um, you can match up exactly the amount of sodium you require. So, But the average person, one to two an hour would be a good guideline. Again, it's down to weather conditions. It depends on your sweat rate and sweat loss. Um, mm -hmm. The heavy sweaters will... will want a few more salt tablets than the standard ones so and, and just a quick 
Just a question on that, I suppose, you know, and leading into, you know, we're two weeks away from Dublin now, but even the final week, you know, is there, ben- you, you mentioned there about taking something the night beforehand, the morning and the race, is there benefits of even starting back earlier than that, earlier in the week? Not really, because no. you actually, you'll wash it all through your system, going mm-hmm. to the toilet. So mm-hmm. that's what we just say the night before. We've done a lot of work on preloading. The guys in precision fuel hydration are at this 10 years now, mm-hmm. and they've done a lot of scientific studies on it. So preload the night before, preload the day or preload the morning of the race, and then during the race, following the carbohydrate and hydration plan, which is available on the website, mm-hmm. uh, precisionfuelhydration.com. You can go on to our carb calculator, and you can put in the event that you're doing, whether it be a marathon, a triathlon, a cycle race. A great idea to do that before Dublin in two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Uh, go on to the fuel planner, put in your details. Um, it'll give you a step-by-step fuel plan for the race, uh, including the preload the night before and what to take on the day of the race. Yeah, and even from a hydration perspective, and I'm firing up questions here that I know some people yeah. have asked to me, but things I'm thinking about myself even, you know, obviously hydration well in the days leading up to it, but when we talk about hydration, is it water? Is it, Lucas said, sport? Or is it, you know, what are, what are the best things people can be doing? Again, it's down to the individual athlete, for, but for a generic answer to that, uh, again, hydrate the night before, the morning of the race, and make sure to drink during the race uh, at the aid stations, get the fluid on board, um, and afterwards, obviously, recovery. But during the race, if you carry water bottles, you could put an electrolyte tablet into the water bottles. It'll help the sweat loss. It'll replace the nutrients that, you, that you're losing in your sweat. Uh, if you prefer to drink water, that's fine too. It's good to have an energy drink. If you can, uh, some people get their carbohydrates through their fueling, whether they're gels, energy chews, cliff blocks, things like that. Um, everyone is different to their tastes, but by all it depends on the weather dependent as well. If it's a cooler day, you probably don't need to hydrate as much as as a warmer day. And again, to your own sweat loss, you know yourself if you're a heavy sweater, you need to put that fluid back in. Hmm. Uh, some people are very light sweaters and they can get away with less less fluid intake per hour. Yeah. Um, you mentioned carbs a couple of times there. All right. So what would I mean, the first question is, what's the rule of thumb per car, for amount of carbs you should take per hour? We say we're going to use Dublin, for example, now okay. for so person going for a four hour marathon. How much carbs per hour should they get? And I know this is all relevant to each person. We're going, we're going exactly. to go rough guide. OK, rough guide. We're, we would be aiming anywhere between 70 to 90 grams per hour. OK. I talk to a lot of people and they say, yeah, exactly. That's what I take in. I get them to do a race and write down exactly what they take and they take half that amount. So you have to take in 70 to 90 per hour, every hour, not just the first hour. So that's that's key. So again, if you're a bigger physique, um, you might take a bit more. Now, it's very hard to to actually ingest more than 90 grams an hour unless you're, you're consistently do it in training. Um, but 70 to 90 would be the recommended, what we would say, to take on board. If you're a smaller athlete, not not as not as intense, your intensity isn't as high, you can probably get away with 60 to 70. But again, it's very important to manage to consume that amount of cal- carbs in training to practice for race day. Um, so for, for if I was giving advice to an athlete who is doing the marathon tomorrow, preload the night before, preload at breakfast, I'd be looking at a minimum a minimum of two 30 gram carbs or 30 gram gels per hour of carbohydrates that's 60 every hour 
Um, some people would like a caffeine gel. We've actually done a lot of work at Precision Fuel Hydration on caffeine specifically, and everyone tends to take them with 20 minutes to go. Actually, that's with in our research and investigation work we've done, it's actually too late. Everyone gets a bit of buzz off caffeine. You don't want to be getting the caffeine buzz when you're getting your medal. So you need to be taken about halfway through. Now, that was a surprise to me because I always would have advised people about 25 minutes, half an hour to go get that caffeine gel in. But it's actually 45 to 50 minutes now is the recommendation from Precision Fuel Adoration as to when to get that caffeine on board. Yeah, that's interesting because I always, I would have always said actually, and I've done it myself, is my 20s where I would have kind of went for our the caffeine gel because I kept the standard, which I would have taken with every four miles and then, you know, caffeine at mile 20 to give me that, as you just said, that literally natural kind of boost that you would yeah. go, oh, yes. Um, so that's interesting that the halfway. So you're saying there, right? 70 to 90 grams carbs, two gels, 30 grams of carbs, which is obviously from precision. We're going to take on a I know your precision, but I'm going to mention other brands like you you are talking like high five, which is 23 grams um per uh, per packet. Martin, I think is 25 grams per packet. Um I think power bar are 25 as well. Per so you know, it just shows that I used to take two gels per hour. Already I'm in such a negative at that stage. Yeah. And Brian, it just out of matter of interest because you're doing double. What is what do you take? Yeah, my <clears throat> my plan, I suppose again, it's what you've done in training as well as important, I suppose. And we're not encouraging people to try anything new at this late stage, but my plan is probably first one 40 minutes and maybe every 30 after that. But again, that's probably two two per hour. So similar to you, I'd be probably is it 50 grams so probably per hour, maybe. Mm. Which is which is short, is it? <laughs> Yes, yeah. Yeah. Not, especially man, your especially man, your size and age, Brian. So yeah, know. but I suppose look, the other thing is again, it's like well, gels aren't always easy to stomach either. So it depends on how much again you've used or you know how much you've practiced yes. with. And is there other ways of getting it in maybe as well? You know. Yeah, the biggest thing I find with people who come to me is that uh, they actually underfuel consistently, and you'll find that the better athletes when they get their fueling plan and they actually get in the correct amount of carbohydrates they actually does make a difference i found the same myself when i started fueling properly their everyone's performance level seems to go up a bit yeah. and it's con consistently under fueling i find with people who are um, looking for fueling plans they can't get over the amount of stuff they should actually be taking is, is there yeah is there a benefit and again as you said it's all individual in many ways but you know some people take a gel at the start line before the race even moves off at all like is that a good tactic or yes we a gel 10 minutes before the start is great uh we do a 90 gram gel at precision fuel and hydration which is like a triple of your standard gel but it's 90 and one of those about 15 minutes before the start will actually fuel you to for the first full hour so you don't actually have to take anything up to hour one to two so it means you have to less gels to carry overall Mm -hmm. So it's it's a good tip for anyone doing the marathon. If you get one of those 90 gram gels into you before the start, you've actually less to carry. Yeah. What's also uh, handy about that, sorry, what's handy about that as well, though, is a twist cap. And I do, I, like, I've sold a few of them to people just because they, that's so convenient that you can just twist it, carry it, and join to the pouch again, and, you know, off you go. Yeah. I do I do feel, though, that's, and I know myself as well included here, that, you know, you, the, the fueling is such key, as you say, and, like, when you start lagging later on and you're getting tired and all that type of stuff, the gels become even harder to take then. So yeah, it's 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 so, a science it's a science and yeah, it's George also as well, obviously for people as well. Again, like I figured out I went through eight different gel companies to realise I can't take gels, I can 
or that I can, but they don't agree with me so well. And I ended up getting the drinks. The drinks actually suit me better, you know, so you can get high carb drinks out there as well. So, you know, like yourselves, you have one for, yeah. I think, 60 grams of carbs 60, in it and the sodium gram. is in it. Yeah, a 60 gram carbs, you can actually make it up to 90 if you want. So it's it's you can make it yourself to whatever strength you want. It has a thousand milligrams of sodium, which is what the average person loses. So it's a two and one carb and sodium drink mix, which you can carry if you like carrying bottles on the course. It's fantastic for that. Um, if you have someone on the course who can give you a bottle halfway, even better still. Um, so there's there's different ways of fueling between gels, energy chews, if you like, or energy chews, they're really good. They're 30 grams again, or the drinks mix. So there's lots of different options for people who don't like mm -hmm. gels. Our gels are, are popular for people because there's no taste or no flavor, no stickiness. So they're really easy on the stomach. So for a neutral mm -hmm. taste, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Um, but again, it's all individual. If people like, I have people take all different sorts of things on the Dublin Marathon for their fueling. It's not only gels and some people bring real food as well. Yeah. Brian, if you were to ask one, like, what's the one thing at the moment that's nagging you, which you coming up to Dublin is, or is there one? I, I think it's exactly what we just spoke about. You know, I, I have found fueling in the past. I, I think my approach will be better this year, but I, I definitely think, you know, 15, 16, 70 miles in there, as you said, trying to get gels in then and you're you're already tired and <clears throat> sometimes even opening up the gel can become a challenge even, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think just getting the fueling right the night beforehand and the morning, as you said, really topping up where possible, starting in the best possible way anyway. Right, Brian, right. I think that sometimes has a lot to do with dehydration. I think for me, mm -hmm. I experienced that as well by halfway through the marathon. Un dehydrated, couldn't face another gel. Yeah. And in races off since then that I've hydrated properly the night before, at breakfast, through the race, you're making better decisions in the race. You actually know mentally, I need to take this gel on board now. So you're making better decisions during the race rather than, oh, I couldn't face another gel. Yeah. Um, I think the hydration has a lot to do with it. You're mentally, you're, you're, you're stable mm -hmm. and you know what, in, in race decisions, you're making the better ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. no, it, it, it is something that we can forget, you know. Um, George, if you were to give a tip to someone like of what's the main thing that people should be thinking about for race day, is it literally get the plan in place right now? Get the plan, practice it a few times before the big day on your long training runs if you have a few left to do. Um, but number one, preload the night before, again at breakfast, and don't underfuel because that's when the wheels will fall off at miles 16 to 20. If you're fueling properly, you should have a great race and enjoy it rather than it's becoming a slog near the end. So fuel, fuel, fuel is, is key. But also I think stick to the plan though, isn't it? Yeah, like I think definitely. that's the most important. Like if like I've had people come in and said, yeah, I felt great at mile four. I didn't bother taking my gel. If your plan is to take a gel at mile four or mile five, you take it at more yeah. mile four or five, no matter how good you feel, because yeah. that's going to come back to bite you at mile 16, at mile 20, and you're going to go, I oh, damn <laughs> Yeah, every time. Yeah, no, it happens constantly, um, and it's something I, I like. I personally learned it twice, um, at two marathons in Dublin where I literally cramped up in one, the first one, and the second one, the head and the dehydration, the head just totally went, just yeah. totally gone off it. Yeah, and I think as well, like flip it around the other way. If you do feel well and you do get to those miles feeling strong, I, I can't imagine how much it will help your final few miles that you can push on rather than starting to, you know, we've. We've been there when it becomes an, such an effort to nearly mm -hmm. walk, never mind to run, but um, 
I think, you know, if you can hit that last couple of miles in a strong position, feeling energised yeah. in the fuel, then it's a great way to finish. No, George, so, after the race. Okay, so you've done the race, you've done your followed your plan, you've finished it, you're happy. Should well, we be carb loading after that or is that the beer? And then you just take your 1500, um, you know, electrolyte tablet to cure the hangover, or what is the best exactly. thing? That's perfect plan. <laughs> <laughs> perfect plan. Yeah, a good bit of carbohydrate afterwards is good for the muscle recovery, but uh, 1500 is great for just to replace energy afterwards, even for the long runs. I've a lot of people take them after a long run or a heavy training session, uh, 1500 that evening. You're better recovered the next day to train again or race in the future. So, that, that's that's key. Recovery is key, whether it's a party celebration yeah. <laughs> or not. But uh, yeah, yes, no, so. sorry as well, the sweat tests, all right? So you did talk about that, all right? So yes. I, I like I honestly, I think Brian, if you were doing again, you know, another marathon soon, I think it is it would be a great thing. Like, how do people go about getting these sweat tests with you? Okay, um, they can. I'm sure you put in a link later on directly yeah. to myself. Uh, we sweat test daily in our base in Kilkenny. Monday to Friday, uh, we're pretty flexible on times. It takes approximately 55 minutes to do the test. Um, and we go through a little questionnaire on the athlete's physique and their weight and height and training hours per week. And we link that into their sweat test results. And we produce a hydration report with all their details of their sodium loss. We go through fueling plans, everything like that. So. The beauty of it, it's the once-off test. Um, no matter what sport you do, you can optimize your hydration, tick that box, and never have to worry about it again if you follow the protocols. Same with the fueling. If you follow the fueling plan, you'll tick the box and just have to train after that and perform in your race. Mm -hmm. um, it's a unique test. Um, I said we're the only people in the country doing it, um, but it can be used in various different sports. So no matter what you do, it's a valuable piece of information. Yeah, and look... I know, George, we, we were speaking a couple of days ago. We are going to be looking at doing one um, next early next year in DA Sports, which, you know, we will get more information out with that as well. So, you know, for people who are interested in it and who can't, you know, travel too far or anything like that, we will be doing one at some stage next year, which I think will definitely be worth it. Yeah, key for really key for endurance athletes. Anyone more than two or three hours who are doing like ultra races, trail races, cycling races, Ironman triathlon or half, half Ironman, really key uh, because that's when the problems occur. After the two or three hours, the wheels start to fall off yeah. the wagon if you're not keyed into what you actually need. Yeah, exactly. No, brilliant, George. Appreciate that. I think, how can people find you? I know we'll have the links in, but just so that people can know where's the best place to find um, George Sher Sherwood and um, Precision Fuel. For me, it's uh, www, for, for the product, it's www.sherwoods.ie. Uh, you'll find the product there, or you can email me direct at george at peaksports.ie. Brilliant, yeah. Some great tips there, George. I've even got a few myself now. So I saw, I saw you uh, even writing down. Right, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be, be carrying a backpack with me on the, on the day with all my, my fuel inside. <laughs> I'll love, I love fuel well, but I might be slowed down by the backpack. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> No, appreciate it, George. And look, if anyone has any questions, obviously give you a shout or they can contact yeah. us and we can give you a shout as well. There's no problems. Um, but look, you know, yeah. you'll be we'll as well. You'll be at Dublin, Martin. We'll, well we'll be at the Expo all day Friday and all day Saturday. Um, if anyone needs any product, just to drop by. If they want any fueling advice or any advice for Marathon, just come over and ask for myself. Myself and the team will be there, as I said, for the two days before the event. Brilliant. Brilliant. 
Yeah. We get we'll get Brian over to you to to sample the products. Yeah. <laughs> fill, fill, fill my bag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Brilliant. No, honest to God, I I think that was very insightfully short and sweet, but very uh some very good tips there. I think people will certainly take a bit out of that. So fueling is key. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. We, we, I should know that and I don't. So look, don't listen, don't do what I do. You know, do what George says. That's the most yeah, important exactly. George, thank you very, very much. Hello. And look, enjoy your next couple of weeks before the madness of the Dublin Marathon. Um, you know, and, and the expo of spending standing on your feet for two whole days while you know you know the rest of us run but I don't brain once and enjoys himself. But um look, we appreciate it and we'll catch you another day again as soon. Yeah. No problem, guys. Thanks very much. Cheers, thanks. Massive thank you to George Sherwood there of Precision Fueling. Um, really great insight, Brian. I think you, you, I saw you jotting, as I said, I saw you jotting down in the whole lot of it, you know, a yeah. few notes getting down. But look, I think people will take a lot from it. Um, and again, look, we did say it, this is very individual. So, you know, it's not, everyone has to take that into consideration as well. Also, these are tips and hints. Don't go changing everything right now. It's only two weeks out. You know, you might change one or two small things, but don't change everything because of, you know, things we've said. Change it afterwards if you're going to change anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no. Great information there. And as you said, yeah, don't definitely don't change what you've done in long runs. But uh, I'm sure there's a few things picked up there as anyway. Uh, so, again, that's a fairly packed episode this week. Uh, thanks to everybody in Team Kerr. Thanks to George again. Um, we did put out there yesterday that... You know, as I said, people are hungry for information at the moment. So a couple of episodes to look out for if you haven't seen them yet. Previous episodes. So number 64, uh, episode 64, we had two pacers on giving advice about pacing and, and running with the pacers on the day. So that's episode 64. A very pop popular episode was episode 63, where we had Martin on, who is the course measurer, and he gave us a walk throughout the course on the day. So that's episode 63. Episode 53 was with the race director himself, Mr. Jim Ockney, who again gave us all the details around how the marathon came about and behind the scenes stuff. Episode 51, we spoke to Martin Hoare, who is the 2022 uh, Dublin City Marathon champion and one that people can look back at. And we've all even, you know, this went down really well last year. And I know myself and Damon were talking about earlier on as well. There's still a lot of people commenting about our Dublin Marathon special from 2022, where we we ourselves spoke through kind of mile by mile uh, on each course. And we obviously had some some guests on as well who were running the marathon. So that's episode number 16. No, again, that's from the 2022 Dublin Marathon special. I think a lot of people listen to that mm. one as well. So that's it for this week. Yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to everyone who helps the show. And thank you, more importantly, to the massive, massive listenership over the last few weeks uh really appreciate it and we really hope everyone stays on board and uh continues to listen to the podcast to borrow a line from a famous film we're gonna need a bigger boat yeah <laughs> so again yeah. thank you to everybody and um we will catch you all next week